You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Go sign up for your free Blueprint MCAT account at blueprintmcat.com. How are you doing today? Good. Busy. <laughs> Good. Busy. Scared. What can I help Scared. you with? <laughs> Nervous. What can I help um, you with? My question that I submitted was, I'm on like year three of purposing to apply to medical school. Um, I have imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. like no other. I know it's that, Um, but I struggle a lot with like fear and anxiety that I just create my own chaos, I guess. Um, I'm deeply afraid of the MCAT. I always have been. And so um, in 2020, I purposed to take it Um, after COVID and everything happened. um, I had to step away from studying uh, to help with family business and things like that. Um, 2021 was very similar, but I did get on track to Application Academy. Um, I was studying the MCAT here and there. I didn't really log my hours, but it, it was a good significant amount. Um, I think 2021 beginning, I took a diagnostic. It was 480. (laughs) Had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) was like, so my worst fear happened. Like, you know, just self-sabotage. Okay. Um, 2022, I would say I really got into gear and I was like, okay, it's time. I need to take this. Like, no more putting this off. Mm -hmm. I need to apply. Um, struggled with the MCAT, um, beginning 2022 and um finally in the summer going into fall i said okay now it's time to uh pay for services wherever i decide um i decided to do blueprint um i did the blueprint live um i would say for a good four months i think i started in october um december i had a family crisis kind of stepped away but then got right back on it um towards the end christmas time january um my practice tests were still awful. Um, I never, ha- I, I never broke a 500 as we say, I guess. And I took my MCAT on m- April 15th. Okay. Um, I had a down spiral um, from okay. like 495 all the way to 482 was my official score. Okay. And so um, prior to, knowing my MCAT score, I did submit, like, I've been terrified of applying for the last three years. Like, at what point do you just bite the bullet, swallow what you have, put your best foot forward, and then just see what happens? Yeah. Um, I feel like this year, with without considering my MCAT score, um, let's just say, best case scenario, I had, like, a minimum score to apply. I'm at the point where I'm like willing to apply just to see what happens. I would rather apply and get rejected and then tell me like what to fix or how to improve myself than just like sit here guessing yeah. and, and stew <laughs> and stew. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk. Um, yeah. Look. Uh, if, if we were to look at, um, I don't know how quickly I can pull up this data, AMC facts. Um, if we, if we were to look at table, I think it's a 16, 
which is, uh, uh, no, that's not it. Maybe it's 18. Uh, where's the grid, the grid, the grid, uh, 23. Table A23 from the AMC. Less than a 486 MCAT score. The acceptance rate is 0.7%. Yeah, I would not apply with that score. Um, so I'm a very unique applicant. Um, I live in New Mexico. There is only one medical school here, as you know. No, there and are two. There's, oh, there's UNM and Burrell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will only be applying to UNM. My Why? family is very embedded in New Mexico and my husband's not willing to move. So we're at the point where all my eggs are in one basket. Okay. UNM's my choice okay. of medical school. Um, they require- <laughs> It doesn't sound like they're your choice. It just sounds like that's your option. They are. Yeah, <laughs> they are my choice. Okay. Um, I've just, I've heard it a lot by everyone I know, like apply everywhere. And so I kind of guess I feel like I have to explain the reasons why. Ideally, I wouldn't want to move. Um, New Mexico is my home. It's where I was raised. It's yep. why I want to be a doctor. It's where I want to do medical school, residency. It's where I want to practice. I'm certain of that. Um, but at some point, let's say I get rejected 10 times. At, at what point do you say, well, um, when do you apply elsewhere? Like that hasn't came into play, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I wonder, um, and we can dig into this as much or as little as you want. Uh, obviously, your MCAT score is going to be a big hurdle, right? Yes. So the, the question is, uh, what are we going to do to fix that potentially? Mm-hmm. But the the bigger question is, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of support on this journey. And is your MCAT score a reflection of that lack of support? I would say you hit it on the nail. Um, I do not have family support. I My husband supports me, but as far as applying elsewhere, that's like a hard no. Um, I, I don't have family support. I have friendship support, but that only goes so far. Like, honestly, the only support that I've ever had is you and Blueprint recently. Like, seriously, or yeah. or the pre-med community, but that's been very limited I'm non-traditional. Um, I'm non-traditional. It's yeah. hard to find pre-med friends. And um, I found maybe one or two along the way, but it wasn't anything that stuck. So I'll say it again. You have been my only support or application academy. Yeah. Let, let's go. Let's let's dig in deeper there. Right. Okay. And and obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of everything. But mm-hmm. if your MCAT score is a potential reflection of the psychology of the fact that you don't have the support you need, right? your MCAT score can't improve with Blueprint, right. with Kaplan, with whatever, right? Because in the back yeah. of your mind, you know that the, you are lacking the support you need from family and friends. You are mm-hmm. lacking the, the um, permission to go mm-hmm. and and live this dream that you have. And so are you, I, I think you mentioned the word self-sabotage, right? Y- y- are, are you living into this lack of support? Yeah. 
like we can turn this into a therapy session. <laughs> Talk about yeah. like I, I I've seen it too often from from students who are in very similar situations to yourself. They they lack mm-hmm. the support and they just they can't accomplish what they want to accomplish because they they are fighting the fight with both hands tied behind their back. You're so right. And and it goes along with non-traditional. I have two children. Um how old? One uh so I'm gonna have an adult child in the next <laughs> month. Um my son is turning 18, my daughter's six. Um, a little bit of backstory. Um, so I graduated my bachelor's with a 3.8. Okay. And then um along the way discovered um my son had mental illness. And so you see my grades like this. Um, I'm struggling with how or if I want to talk about that. Um, and that's something I'm very afraid of. And that's been in the back of my mind why I won't apply as well and why I'm just like stuck in this, like, how do I get to where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Um, so graduated 3.8 GPA. And then you see um, posts back um, from what I d- did on MAPT. My cumulative is, where is it? like a 3.4. Okay. So I have a downward trend going here. Yeah. So now I need to work with that. And then I need to redeem myself with this MCAT. Like I'm not shooting for like 505 anymore. Like I, I'm pretty damn sure I need probably a 510 or above to even like think about anything. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get there? My plan um, so I'm continuing my application prep. Um, Why? I'm, I'm kind of almost done with like my activities and stuff. So I was thinking, so, just get that out of the way. No. <laughs> the, uh, the, let's talk. Like, yeah. Like, why work on your application when your MCAT score is that low? So bad. Yes. So it's been about a week or so since I found that out. So yeah. I'm kind of like. I was ready. I was like, everything was already like, just need polishing and I'm open the application and I'm there. So I guess it's hard to let that go. (laughs) That's called the fallacy of sunk costs. Yeah. (laughs) You've already worked so much on it. I might as well just keep going. Yes. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, I talked to a couple tutors. Um, I'm definitely going to start tutoring. Uh, I'm going to get access to Blueprint to just go over everything and i do need to meet with a professional tutor to see like what did i do so wrong where is it going like all this stuff yeah i did talk to one they said that i didn't do enough questions that i didn't do nearly enough questions and so it's almost always I, the problem <laughs> that's just that's I do an have easy that thing insight. yeah mm-hmm. okay and so um with the 480s but when you can't break a 500 it's content retention or things like that. So I've spent so much time in review instead of doing questions that I think I killed myself with that. Okay. And by no moving forward, it's like questions, tutoring. Um, I think blueprint, I might give it another shot, mm-hmm. a, an extension or something like that with my access. Cause it did expire. Yeah. Um, but my friend said it really well. She's like, what's what's it working on all these things if you can't even apply with that score yeah she kind of was like throw everything down you need to focus 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a terrible analogy. It's like cleaning the toilet when your house is on fire. Be like, but the toilet's dirty. Your house is burning down. Like focus one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and, I, and psychologically it's understandable, right? We mm-hmm. as humans hate to do things that cause us discomfort. Yeah. The MCAT causes you discomfort. Writing essays is obviously not very uncomfortable for you because that's mm-hmm. what you want to be spending your time doing. The problem yeah. is doing the easy thing is not the right thing mm-hmm. for you. So as far as applying pending MCAT, is that a hard no? I, I don't think that you're ready to apply this cycle based on okay. that MCAT score. You yeah. need to go back to the drawing board with your MCAT mm-hmm. prep. And, and you're not going to be able to take the MCAT in a month or two months or three, probably. Yes, because everyone keeps asking me. And I was like, ideally, July 30th, realistically, <laughs> the last date. Yeah. So so there, there, there are two ways to think about it, right? The first way is, what is the best date for your application? The second mm-hmm. way is, what is the best date for your MCAT score? Yeah. And the right. only thing I should that you should be thinking about is what is the best date for your MCAT score? Yeah. If you are yeah. a student who is scoring five tens, but you just started your prep very late, mm-hmm. then the question is, what is the best time for your application? Right. But that is not you right now. Yes. No, you're right. You're right. I was looking at I was looking at it in a perspective where I've came so far. Don't rip this away from me. But like, it's we're not obvious, we're not ripping it away from you, right? That perspe- yeah. that perspective alone yeah. is is what is causing you a lot of heartache. Yes, we're I not taking so. it away from you. We're just saying you can't have your dessert until you eat your dinner. Yes, <laughs> you're right. That's it. Yeah, you said it. And and I think. All of this starts at home mm-hmm. by talking with your family mm-hmm. and letting them know what you need from them. Right. And demanding it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because my daughter, her school is always off. So it was always like, she's going to be off for three days. She's going to have a four day weekend. It's like every single month they're off. Yeah. So it all adds up when you have, and why does that fall on you? Yeah. Doesn't have you're right, to. You're right. Yeah. And yes, you're <laughs> right. Because why is it why is this application process like less than you know my husband's job? Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. And you just need to different. you just need to have those those conversations. And they're not fun conversations but they're conversations that need to be had, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it doesn't fall on his job. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't fall on either of you and you just, you allocate some resources for a babysitter on those kind of days. Yeah. All right. I, I think mm-hmm. it, a lot of times there's an expectation. Oh, you're, you're home studying. You can, you can watch the kid. That's it. A hundred percent. And I doesn't think it's like that, that for a <laughs> lot of moms, a lot of non-traditional mothers. Of course. It's, it's that it's exactly that. So there, there are plenty of people who are in very similar situations who are kind of tied to a location. 
Yeah. That scares me less than than everything else we're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you asked earlier, right? You could apply 10 times. When do you when do you think about like that next step? So I I worked with a student several years ago who was in a very similar situation. She was in the LA Hollywood area. Her husband was in the the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And so he was very much tied to that location. And and she had older kids, like teenage kids. And Mm -hmm. the conversation that they had as a family was, I'm going to apply to med school to schools in this area where I won't have to move. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get in, I will apply to schools where I will move, the kids and the husband will stay, and I will move away. Mm -hmm. And as a family, they decided that's what was going to be okay. Right? It's not easy, but it was a simple conversation. Right? Right. Here's here's what mom needs to do for for mom. And I think what's been the issue in the past like covid hit us so hard financially Mm. i would say you know this year we're in a place where my daughter is older um we do have people that can babysit her versus prior to covid 2021 leading into 2022 we just didn't have it it just wasn't an option And now we we do have that option. So that is probably going to, especially because it's summer now. Um, she's going to be home for summer. She is going to be in summer camp, but there is a couple days here and there where I would look at that and I would be like, that would be detrimental to my studying. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. we just know how much it takes. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are next steps for you? Um. So my next steps are probably to just outline where I start my, um, I guess where I get my feet wet back onto like what I did on all those practice exams and then find a tutor that is good for me that I get along with that helps me learn or is best for me. And then um, I just, I think it's just figuring out how much time I need to invest in a tutor and things like that. Yeah. I I would say hold off on a tutor mm-hmm. and jump into questions. How yeah. how many full length exams did you take before your test? Um okay, so from October through March, I took 4 and from March 29th um up until April 15th I took 4. You crammed them in there. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I did. And I think that that's why it went like straight down. Yeah. But I'm not giving an excuse because I never broke a 500. So I have a serious problem. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it it did go just, I'm like the example of burnout, like don't wait till the end and things like that as far as those last exams are concerned. Yeah. So you have through through your blueprint account, look, look into an extension. They have yeah. an amazing QBank, tons of questions. Just start doing questions. Review the questions. Review the right answer. Review the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And and start there yeah. to, to start to figure out where some of your weaknesses are. Of mm-hmm. like, 
if you're getting like 20% right in your questions, again, is, is it content or you just don't understand the questions, how they're right. being written, the way that they're presenting the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and then yes, maybe a tutor can come in. But I think before you have a grasp of lots of questions and understanding kind of the patterns that you're making, right? Mm-hmm. Document everything that you're doing and what you're getting right and what you're getting wrong and why and all that stuff. Before you have that understanding, a tutor is just going to come in and basically tell you to do the same thing. Right. So that they can figure out where you need the help. Yes. And my practice, my practice exams, it's hard to tell because um, all four sections are just roller coaster. So it's even hard to say. It's, I think from a tutor's perspective, it would be hard for them to look and be like, okay, you need more help here. It's all over the place. Yeah. All of it's roller coaster. Yeah. All of my all of my exams, all of my sections. And so um yeah, imposter syndrome, anxiety need to be under control. And I think you're you're right about doing a lot of questions and just having a start point for them would be helpful. Yeah. And then, and then with, with test anxiety, there are people out there who help specifically for that. So Mm -hmm. potentially look into some resources to to help you with that. Yeah. So um, I do have that in line. Um, There was um, someone who was in application Academy who um, was in it like a year ago with me. Mm -hmm. And um, she does deal with that. And she has been helping me a lot with that. And she, Got a 522 on her MCAT. Nice. And so I'll be working with her for tutoring at some point too. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that was it. The whole I I just needed to hear uh the application, it should not be on your schedule right now. (laughs) No. Nope. I needed to hear that. Yeah. And it do- doesn't mean that you can't be a doctor. It doesn't mean that you should never yeah. apply. It just means not right now. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 